Hello everybody, hello and welcome to Popcorn Culture. My name is Ben Carlin and I am your host. Here with me today is my brother Jay, who will be in every episode. The co-hostiest with the mostiest, Jazzy Jay. I mean, that was a pretty good like radio in. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. I can see you being like, that was so official, I don't even know if I could and I, don't I can know, see it in your eyes. I don't even know if I should contest it. Maybe really what it comes down to is if I just stop contesting it, period, and just like let you believe. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like that's fine. It's, it'd be like, you know, it's like letting Santa be real. Go ahead and stop contesting it. I agree. You, I like you this straight being aside. the host of the show is the, is the real life equivalent of Santa being real. What is it? Yeah, I think In so. In that it's case, like, it's, you, like, it's, it's like, like the end of every Christmas movie. Well, the end of every Christmas movie being what? The true meaning of Christmas? That Santa normally ends up being real. No, oh, not, yeah. not not every Christmas movie. Like most I feel like most Christmas movies, it's like you know what? As it turns out, it's not about it's not about all these other like little trivial things. It's not about gifts. It's about being together. It's about family. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's about. But Santa still ends up being real. Yeah, well, those are movies anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, anyway, co-host. Movies are, yeah, movies are just as real as your co-host status is. Very. <laughs> The plot of movies. I should have clarified. <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm pretty my. sure we talk about movies. Jay, how about a nice corny joke? Because I'm pretty <clears> sure <throat> I forgot it here and late. Wow. Yeah, let's have a corny joke then. A corny, I actually really like this one. I don't okay. know why, but I, I saw it and it just caught my fancy. Uh, what do sea monsters eat? Um, Seaweed salad. I don't know. God, that would be so not appetizing at all. You know, but if you go to a sushi place and ask for the seaweed salad, I do find it quite satisfying. No, no, no. You want to know what the best salad you can get from like a restaurant is? Is the Connie salad. The Connie salad? K-A-N-I, Connie salad. Okay. If you go, there's a, there's a restaurant here in Roanoke called Cafe Asia 2. The sequel. The sequel. <laughs> the second. Yeah. And... At, <laughs> Can you imagine if every McDonald's was named like, like you guys go to McDonald's? Like which one? Like three thousand nine hundred and one or three thousand nine hundred and seven? What are the odds that you would have two that were so close in in number, in like in close proximity to you? Yeah, you're right. It's, it'd probably be more likely that at one point they determined you did need a McDonald's in your market, and then later, like, you later grew. after the population grew, they were like, you know what? We need to. this place can support. Dose McDonald's. McDonald's the second slash 3,703rd. Exactly. <laughs> for, for this area. Okay. Anyway, at Cafe Asia 2 here in Roanoke, it's like a sushi restaurant. Yeah. And um, they have this thing like where if you go in and if you sit at like the sushi bar, which is like seven seats or something, it's not many, uh, they will treat you to a free Connie salad, which is like not on the menu, but it's like, it's like, um, like that crab meat sort of like panko breadcrumb orange like orange like yum yum sauce flavored yeah, it's very good it's very good it's worth sitting at the bar for it's worth sitting at the bar for but then i i found that you don't even like they don't put it on the menu but you can just order it anyway you can just order it and they give you an even bigger serving and honestly it is like my absolute favorite i am i am like a known slow eater yeah. when it comes to eating all things like as a kid growing up it would it would actually be the case every single night. I think it was when I got all my, my quality time talking to mom in because like you and Tyler will have like run off to like, I don't know, play games, whatever kids do. I would typically be sitting there like with my plate, like still full 
eating away slowly. I don't remember you being such a slow eater even as a child. No, I was. Okay. Yeah, no, I absolutely oh. remember that. You can confirm with mom if you want to. I will. She'll back me on this one. Okay. You say so. <laughs> you wouldn't have noticed. You're too busy being a kid. Yeah. <laughs> believing in Santa and things. <laughs> anyway. Co-hosting podcasts. Co- <laughs> um, anyway, where, where was I going with this? Were we talking about? Connie oh, salad. Connie salad. Yeah. I eat it fast. You eat it like, fast. Like if it is placed before me, it's kind of like watch out because Ben's about to eat. He's about to scarf. He's about to scarf. So the secret of Cafe Asia 2 is sit at the bar and you'll get the secret menu item. But the double secret is don't sit at the bar. Just order it and you'll get a double portion. You'll get even more of it. Right. And you'll have to pay for it. It will make the whole trip worth it. It's actually, it is not my favorite sushi restaurant uh, in, in Roanoke. And I do have a favorite sushi restaurant. Uh, and I will literally go to this restaurant because they have the Connie salad. Interesting. It's like, it's that much of a draw to me that it's like, in fact, right now while I'm sitting here, I'm like, I'm fairly certain I'm going to order one for takeout. Would you, would you go there for like drinks and Connie and then go to a different sushi place and have the sushi? I'm not going to lie to you, Jay. I would do it. You would do it. Uh, it's not even, it's, I can't even go so far as to say that I haven't done that. Really? Yeah. That's a bit. So, Cause so to me, like if we lived in, if you live in a big, big city with tons of options the idea of like going out for drinks at one place appetizers at another place a main course somewhere and like going to a fourth place for dessert doesn't feel that far-fetched no it doesn't it feels yeah. like a fun evening out right like maybe what you're trying to do is like hit many of the stops or, or you're kind of taking like an a la carte approach yeah. to like this place has really good cocktails this place has like uh small plates exactly this place over here you know it's like they've got like a like a spectacular burger dude i love small plates yeah small plate restaurants i know yeah I know. what are they called tapas tapas i tapas love tapas is so tapas fun. is fun because it's such a it's it's such an interactive way to go out to eat with your friends because you're like everybody's taking like a single bite of any given dish but the, and it's yeah. like it's like oh how was that that was good that was weird I know I'm that, always like we're not gonna have enough food they don't bring enough stuff there's never enough food on any little small plate and I'm not gonna have enough food and then I get there and it's like overwhelming how much they bring you right yeah right it's true it's true I feel and I also though I do feel like when we go to tapas restaurants it always ends up being very expensive well maybe maybe it's because we're like. Yeah, everyone splits the check, though, you know. Oh, I see. Because so, by design, I that's, think. That's, why, that's how it's supposed to work. That's, yeah. To make yeah. it less less, less bad. Right. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Anyway, I, mean, I don't think you ever told us the punchline to that corny joke you told. I know. I know. What do sea monsters eat? It's fish and chips. Fish and chips. How good that's is that? That's such a good one. Might be my new favorite oh, corny joke we've ever told on here on the pop. That was hilarious. I know. I know. I love I was that like, one. Oh, what a really, what a really great one. Poor Fish ships, and chips, but like worth it for the joke. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I'm, I'm glad that at least a few went down just so we can enjoy this. Right. Coming into this week's episode of the pop, you yeah. and I are coming off of a full week off of work. Full week off of work. Uh, we took the last week of the year off. Didn't make videos, just hung out in town. What was that like for you? Like, because this idea of this, like, staycation is the older I get, the more I crave it. Because the more I realize that the act of going on a vacation and, like, packing the car and, like, preparing for it and going and buying, like, all the necessary, like, groceries for the trip or, like, any fun things you want to get, like, new outfits or whatever the case may be. Like, by the time you actually go and do vacation up and then, like, get home, you do need, like, that vacation from the vacation where you just want to, like, it's like, I'd love to just sit on my couch. Right, I gotta, there's a lot of pressure to go out and do stuff on vacation. So, yeah, you do need sort of that, like, 
day or two when you're back to be like, okay, I just need to, I need to have no pressure, no pressure, nothing right now. No pressure, nothing. I felt a lot of pressure to do nothing on vacation, but now that I'm home, I can do, I can do nothing with no pressure. No pressure, nothing. Exactly. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a good week. Um, I would say the interesting thing is that because of COVID, the problem is you can't, we couldn't really go do a lot of stuff it, yeah. and it, you could, you could arguably still go do like outdoors stuff. Um, and like bring the kids or something to go do outdoor stuff, except that it was also really cold a lot of the days. It was. So instead we ended up, there was, I think like a four day period where it was like all me and Beth and Luke and Nick and Nate were just like in the house. Oh know? wow. Yeah. Just like, okay. We, and it, you could tell it was like a real, like this, this was like a thing happening all across uh, Roanoke where we were because on I think Thursday at long last the temperature rose to like 65 miraculously or something miraculously like, very nice and uh, there we went to like the playground and I, I think I ran into like five other people I knew at the playground who were just like also brought <laughs> their kids yeah, there and like- everyone had the same story of just like oh man we've been inside we haven't been able to leave Ugh. like we, we had to come out today gotta go do something yeah yeah gotta go do something so that was a really i mean that i mean that particular trip was really good but it was this weird um situation where i think uh you'd think you'd have like no i don't know so when i get home from work there's this period of time where it's like okay i'm home i can watch the kids now beth can go do something like if she needs to go like get a workout in or something on the peloton and then we eat dinner and then there's like play with kids time then it's like bed bed bath you know leisure time sure so it was just sort of felt like that section of the day just like got extended from instead of being from like between five and eight it was more like from like eight to eight just like the whole day (laughs) just like the whole day is just sort of like okay you're here to watch the kids so now i can go do something and it's like okay now you did something so i'm gonna go do this thing now but like someone always has to be watching the kids so it's hard for me and beth to even just go do something on our own that's understandable you know yeah yeah and then, yeah it's like if everyone's down for sleep at the same time you're like oh we finally have a minute to just sit here and do nothing and then you don't do anything and you can't go anywhere okay so, but yeah. here's, here's my question for you though in that situation do you savor the ability to do nothing like is there any part of you that is like it's like the the boys have been washed they have been fed. They have clean diapers. They're in their cribs, like down for the night. We can sit here and like doing nothing is doing something. It is the activity of doing nothing. Yeah, oh yeah, believe and, me, that happens every night. Okay, and like, yeah. is, but is that something though where you're just like, oh yes, bask in the glory that it, is this moment? Absolutely, it okay. is. Yeah, okay. I mean, there is, there is. I mean, I you know, I love getting home and like seeing the kids and playing with everyone. But there is totally that moment where. You were at, you know, the twins are down and Luke is down and you come downstairs and you're like, okay, all the bottles are done. All the dishes are done. <gasps> Sit. Sit. <laughs> it's like, we've arrived. Okay. We can relax. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Okay. So the, the interesting thing about this for me is that I've always struggled with this, but <clears throat> I have a real, I struggle really hard with like downtime because there's always this feeling of like, I'm doing nothing. And technically, there's no pressing obligation. Like, I am not letting anyone down right now by doing nothing. But, like, if I were to be completely honest with myself, it's like, technically, I could go and, like, organize my home office. Or technically, I could go and, like, 
finish that last load of laundry. Like, it's not like there aren't things that I can be doing, but it's like I, I'm choosing to do nothing. Yeah. But then because I think I, especially this past week, this was like the the dilemma I was struggling with. And I actually was like almost in envy of your uh, scarcity of free time so that you could enjoy your nothing time to its absolute fullest. Mm-hmm. It was almost like, it was almost like I had a whole lot of time at my disposal all of a sudden. And it was like, you know what? It's nice that like I can just sit here and do nothing. But then I felt guilty about the nothingness, right. which was part of the problem. And so I've wondered about it before because I've actually felt very similar about money in this regard, like, like scarcity or surplus of where Back when I first graduated from college, I was doing my aquarium company. And believe it or not, there's not a whole lot of money in aquariums. Um, and Not in Roanoke, anyway. Not in Roanoke, anyway. Yeah, like small market, extreme luxury product, one-man band. My briefcase was a five-gallon bucket. Right. Um, and the thing was <clears throat> that I was making, I was making such little money at the time that it was like, there, there was no such thing as, like, excess. Like, I remember going to the grocery store and, like, specifically knowing, like, okay, I have $33 to grocery shop with. Right. And, like, as I was, like, picking up, like, my items, it would be, like, uh, like I would be, like, doing, like, the dollar count and, like, a, like, tax calculation in my head. Right. Where it was, like, okay, so, like, you know, every $20 spent, you know, we're probably looking at an extra, like, dollar of tax, you know, like, right. needing to, like, keep keep track of like what I was going to do in order to keep within my like $33 budget. Um, and so like, I mean, as a result of, of having that limited resource, it meant that I was very typically careful and I wasn't buying like a whole lot of, you know, excess of anything because there was nothing available to shop excess with. Right. But like I, I was almost free of the, like of this is going to sound weird to call it like a burden of responsibility maybe, but like it was, it was like I didn't have enough money to be like realistically saving money in a like effective manner maybe. So I never felt guilty for not doing it because it was like really there wasn't anything to put away. Does that make sense? Like you didn't feel guilty for not saving because you felt like it would have been such a small amount? Well, just because like it was like there my, my living expenses – just, you know, covering all the basics, we're pretty much using up all of that money. Right. So like I to be honest with you, yeah, like I was not I was not struggling with the fact that I was not putting like ten dollars into a savings account just to be doing it. Right. Because it was like that's that ten dollars is probably not gonna make or break anything at any point in time. Um and so then I feel like as I got older, it was kind of the type of thing where it's like, now I have more money at my disposal, but I also feel like a greater sense of uh, responsibility to that money to making sure that I'm like now using it properly and I need to be like allocating it in accordance and stuff like that. Yeah. So similarly with time as you were, as you could apply it back, it's almost like, Oh, this past week I had so much available time that it felt I had that same guilt applied to the situation. It was like, it was like, I have enough of it strangely for this one week that I need to be as careful with it as humanly possible. I need to, I need to know that I'm being responsible with each of these minutes as if they are dollars. I see. To compare analogies. So do so did you get a lot done then? I felt like cuz the difference is either whether you are doing something or not, the time is being spent. Right. Right. Whereas the money, whether you buy something or not, 
the dollars are or are not spent. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a, that's a, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. I would say that I got a lot done, but there were also moments like, I remember, so I got this, my absolute favorite Christmas gift was this, it's called a kindling cracker. Oh yeah. And it's this like, uh, it's like cast iron. It's like a, a hoop with like an upside down ax inside of it so that you can like place a log on top of it and whack it with a mallet and everything it will comes back to splitting wood, <laughs> splitting wood with you <laughs> splitting wood. and so like you know I, I went outside on several occasions over our break and i would just like sit out there and i would like you know hammer down a bunch of wood into kindling that i could then use like for my fire pits and stuff and this was one of those activities where one i posted it like an instagram story where I w- it was me like breaking a piece down and a whole bunch of people messaged me and they were like oh my god are you totally in heaven like is it is it as good as you thought it was going to be like you always daydream about like splitting wood like you know yeah was it what did it live up to the hype the answer is yes. Oh, yeah. It absolutely did. Yeah. Like, it was a really, really, really fun way for me to go and do something that, like, my house doesn't run. I don't even have a wood stove. Like, I have, like, a an oil furnace. Yeah. You've just got a few fire pits. Yeah. So, the, the fire pits for me are pure leisure. But yeah. this was, like, one of those rare occasions in my life where I was able to, like, go outside. And I was doing something that felt very productive towards my hobbies. Yeah. You know? But it was, like... But this is good. It's like I'm outside. Mm-hmm. It's wood. I'm going to be able to use this wood later. I'm just enjoying the process. It's very like methodical. You have like that pile of like finished product. Yeah. That you can like pick up and clink together in this spectacular like oh, it makes such great noise. Yeah. The wood like <laughs> crackling into itself. I just love wood, man. I don't even know how to describe it. Um, but so I did that on several occasions. Okay. Where I would go outside <clears throat> and spend uh like, like where I was like, maybe I'll just go outside. And like, I'll just split a log just for fun. Like, that'd be, that'd be cool. Like I can go do that. And yeah. I, I went out and spent like, I had my, my headphones on. I was listening to name of the wind and I would just sit of out course. there. Of course. Cause I always am. Uh, and I would just sit out there for like two hours, just splitting logs, splitting logs. It, it was so good. That's, I mean, that does sound very fun. I ran into the situation where like, so like it was a week off for me uh, meaning, you know, I was at home and didn't have to go to work or oh, anything. Oh, I know where this is going. Yeah, but for Beth, this is just how her week is every this is, week. This is just her you life, know, typically. This is just her life. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like, it's not really... The only difference is that now I'm there the whole time. Right. So, part of me, like, in my mind, I was like, I cannot wait for this week because I'm going to have so much time to get little projects around the house done. Right. Like, I won't have to be at work. But the difference is that, like, what makes it vacation for Beth is, like, me being able to spend time with her. Yeah. Like, that's the, if I'm not doing that, then it's just a regular week for her. So it's not really different. So then you run into this weird situation where it's like, okay, well, I mean, I'll, you know, I'll just hang out with you and the kids. But then nothing really gets done. So then, you know, that, that uh, was a struggle I was having last week. Understood. Like, under- I, like, I, felt, I was like, in my mind, I was going to have all this free time. But actually, I don't, even though I have nothing to do. I got you. Yeah. I got you. W- were there any specific tasks that you were like, okay, I'm going to do this during my time off and that like you couldn't get to? Oh. Or that you did get to even better? Oh, man. Yeah, let's see. Let's see. The number one, the number one task I did not get to is uh, there is a shelf in our closet that like at this point months ago, I don't know what happened. Maybe it was like the straw that broke the camel's back, but like just 
hung one hanger on it and it just decided nope and it just fell right off the wall okay and i have to tell you it that like i say it fell off the wall like one of the supports failed and so it's like semi-adhered to the wall but it's not functioning as a shelf and we had the replacement shelf okay and it's just like obviously it's almost the exact same shelf so the only real difference would be that you can't put it back in the exact same holes because now they're ruined Ruined. yeah so it's not really going to be that hard but it involves you know a lot of like cleaning a lot of space out of the closet to make the room and then just taking down the old shelf and putting the new one up it's like it's not really that hard or anything but it i was like i'm gonna do it this (laughs) i'm gonna do it and i did not oh my gosh (laughs) i know i get it completely though i I have to tell you a very quick anecdote about a uh just total like motel art that we have in our bedroom okay so I, i will tell you this forever like as a kid, I feel like your bedroom is your place of like self-expression. So you might. I did have... not feel that way as a kid. No, no. Okay. Well, anyway. I, no, I think we've talked about this before because our mother was like so anti putting stuff on the walls. Do you remember this? You know, actually, we did talk about this, and I feel like mom has since talked to me about it and said she didn't remember ever actually having opposition, I think, to putting things on the wall. That is a false memory, mom. <laughs> there was absolutely, like, a no way, especially, like, like I, re- I would, you'd, like, watch movies and be like, look at this kid, they got all this stuff on the wall. Like, the whole room just, like, a, looks so cool. They got all their favorite things or whatever. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Not even, I, think, I feel like we, it was like, you don't, don't, even, don't even think about wanting a poster because it's not going to happen. I feel like I had posters in my room. Mm. I had a Steve Prefontaine poster above my aquarium. Yeah. Yeah, that was like one good. One right? one good. It I also absolutely had, an had to be framed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but the aquariums aren't on the wall. They're not on the wall, but they're in the room. Yeah. I mean, that's an expression of self. Mm, yeah, this is a, I mean, I was, you know, I had like you know, I would arrange the stuff on top of my dresser in a way that that was like the extent of which I felt I was able to. Like, I see. Yeah, I see. Well, anyway, it doesn't matter. I it, mean, yeah. your your uh, childhood trauma aside. Yeah. <laughs> not getting to express yourself via room. Yeah, that's um, right. Right. But so, OK, the reason I bring <clears throat> it up, though, is that uh, since being an adult, my bedroom has basically been barren, like like almost embarrassingly so for my entire adult life. Right, okay. Like, to the point where I think it literally at one point in time, like when we started like Super Carlin Brothers together, uh, my bedroom was a... It, it was like a mattress on just like a frame, you know, like it wasn't like a, like a bed. It yeah. was just like a, like it was not, it was a, not a mattress on the floor, but barely one step above that. Right. Uh, my chest of drawers was literally like one of those plastic organizers from like Walmart. It was, it was blue and it had three drawers. Yeah. You know, n- basically nothing in it. And like, that was, that was like it. I had like, bedroom. I had like curtains, I think that were like blackout curtains and that, yeah. So nothing, nothing at all. A closet that was overflowing with laundry that, you know, whatever. That was my decor. Yeah. Um, and, and as such since then, like my bedroom has never been an expression of myself. And so like, even now, if you walk in, I do have, I do have a bed. Uh, we had a rug. We got rid of it. Uh, you I got rid of the rug. We got rid of the rug. What was wrong uh, with the rug? I hated the rug. Oh, it was like, it was like this rug where it was like really, really nice. And then it, as soon as you started walking on it, like the tread marks through it, just, they never went away. 
And, and like that's all I could ever see. It would, like it got dirty. It would ne- I would shampoo it. Mm. And it would never get clean. Mm-hmm. It was always such a problem. I hated it. And it was I had a, we have like a king size bed, and uh, there's not enough room in my room to move the king size bed far enough away from the rug to where you could like really like have the rug situated nicely and then like move the bed back on top of it. Like there's the, the bedroom is not big enough. It's not two king size yeah, beds wide. Yeah, th- that that was my immediate thought when you said to get rid of the rug was like that sounds real. That sounds like a night trying to remove the rug from under your bed oh yeah we got rid of the bed too oh we yeah, got rid of the yeah, bed yeah, yeah. so new bed Just, new right. bed yeah then right. I got rid of the rug with it um and so otherwise I have I have a floor to ceiling mirror okay okay like a, like one of those ones like uh that like leans against the wall a little bit kind mm-hmm. of casual like for like a you know hashtag OOTD outfit of the day right type of posts uh yeah have, the, this is that very phenomenon not outfit of the day the leaning against the wall mm-hmm. of the mirror this to me I did, it did not occur to me that people were doing that intentionally. Like that was like a look. Oh, like, interesting. To like, me, it was just like, like I think Beth would even say, like, like we can just like lean it against the wall and be like, no, <laughs> it needs to like, be like why would to we? The wall. Why would we just get that close? Why would we go out and get a mirror and then just lean it when we? <laughs> I like the lean so, look. Uh, yeah. it, it reminds me of like a. <laughs> Like a New York City like loft apartment, you know, like they like, would not waste floor space with that man. Well, maybe not, but anyway, yeah. that's that's just sort of what I was going for. Okay. Um, I have I have <coughs> a, a three drawers. Now, they've been upgraded from plastic to IKEA. Oh, okay. So you know, fake wood. Yeah. Room to grow. <laughs> Room to grow. Uh, TV sits on top of that, and that's it. And so once upon a time, we bought. Uh, like from TJ Maxx, it's like motel art. It's like, uh, it's like a painting on canvas, but and that's about, that's all I could say about it. <laughs> but that's all I could say. It's not like an image of anything. It's just like, it's just, uh, like aesthetically pleasing, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Uh, but you, you wouldn't like look at it and like get lost in it. Like, uh, like Cameron from Ferris Bueller's day off where he's uh, like staring at the piece of art and yeah. like just can't break away. Right. Um, it's not like that at all. And so, like, when we got it, we were like, okay, this will be great. We'll we'll use, like, these command strips and we'll, like, mount it to the wall because it's actually very light. It's just, like, it's literally just a piece of canvas. And it was there for a year and a half until, like, one night it just falls off the wall. Oh, no. Middle of the night. And it's just, like, I mean, unexpectedly loud. For, oh, that for, is the worst. Yes. Yeah, that ha- we had we have a, uh, a bathtub that we give the twins. Uh, baths in only problem is no matter how many times we've used this it does not want there's like it's like a very like oblong weird oval shape and it, there's no comfortable way for it to like lean against the wall okay and on like several occasions you'll like lean it up and in the middle of the night it'll finally like reach some weird tipping point where it'll be like Foop! and you're like what was that <laughs> Right, right, right. You're like, what was that giant noise downstairs all of a sudden? You're like, okay, okay, I'm awake, I'm awake. Have I told you that I have like <clears throat> legit paranoia, like break in paranoia? Like, if I hear like a noise at night, yeah. I'm like, I'm terrified someone's breaking into my house. Yeah. I feel like it was a concern that I had as a little kid that just never went away. Okay. I'm, like, I'm still just, yeah. So if I heard that noise, just similar to like when this painting fell off the wall, I'm yeah. like, oh man, <laughs> it's go time. Right. Yeah, exactly. Find <clears throat> find something heavy, a club. Mm-hmm. Um, the painting fell off the wall. At which time I was like, okay, well, it's just going to lean against the wall for the next six months. <laughs> and so <laughs> finally uh, the day came. So similar to like your shelf where it's like, it's like, it's not that hard, but I was going to, I was going to actually like mount it to the wall, you know, like with like screws and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and at my house we have um, 
not sheetrock. What is it called? Uh, like plaster walls. Yeah. So almost anything you want to hang up, you have to like hang up like with anchors and stuff. Right. It's, it's just like too brittle to like withstand anything else. A screw would just like spin out in it. Um, so I needed to like go up there and like do the whole thing and like measure everything and make sure it's level. Cause you're going to like put these two big holes in the wall and then put anchors in the holes and screws in the anchors and then mount the thing to that. And so I was, I think Alice was at work and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go set it up. I'm going to go hang it. And I remember getting in there and all of my tools have been in the basement. I'm on the second floor of my house. So like three floors up. And I was like, oh man, I forgot like, I forgot my tape measure. I was like, it's fine. It's a small space. It's a big rectangle. It's, I can eyeball making this. Oh no! I can I like making it. Put holes in the wall. I'm gonna put holes in the wall and like literally it was no, like I got I got so far as to have all my tools up there to do it and was unwilling to go and get my tape measure just to make sure I was like hanging it in just the right spot. Yeah. And so like I'm eyeballing this Jay and I miss it by like <laughs> like by so much. Yeah. It is so horrifically comically not centered. <laughs> Or like even remotely in the right place on the wall. It's like it's like high. It's way too high. Into the uh, it's so bad. It is so so bad. And is so, it still wrong? It's still wrong. It's still wrong. <laughs> Alice oh, came no. home and she was trying so hard to be like like proud of me for like, like taking the time. Look, she's she like, did it. It's what? not on the floor anymore. It's on the floor, but it's so badly oh, hung. Man. It's level. I can give you that. It's level. Mm. You um, eyeballed it level, or did you have a level? I did have a level. Okay. I did have a level, but okay. not, it was not also a measuring device. Mm, um, embarrassing. Thing. We have me and Beth have this problem where anytime we go to hang something on the wall, like I will go to hold it up against the wall and be like, is here good? And she'd be like, it's kind of high. <laughs> and I'll be like, what do you mean? Like, I'm like, it's like an eye level. You know, to me, it's an eye level. It's like, I would want to walk past and look over. And see but she's like a foot shorter than me. Right. So everything's either like whenever she wants something to go on, it either looks like I have to look, look, look down at it or she has to look up at it. So we have this weird problem. Uh, the, the solution, one solution we found was we recently put up a gallery wall. We okay. had all these great pictures taken um, over in the, during the fall. And you put all the pictures of you up top. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was, well, that was its own determination of like which pictures should go where. Uh-huh. But um, we, we are making a, uh, a three by three grid. So we had nine total uh, framed wow, photos. Good math. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and uh, it was this, they all had wire hangers on the back. Oh, dear. Ugh. Yeah, I think you maybe, maybe you at home know where I'm going with this. When you're trying to make a grid where everything lines up just perfectly, which is part of the, you know, aesthetic you're going for. Right. Especially if you're going to have everything like, if you're going to have everything in order, then it needs to be in order because anything that's like slightly off looks super off. Right. Yes. Because like, yeah, one, one, one thing being off, depending on which piece of the grid it is, means up to nine things are off or as little as four things are off. Sure. But no matter what, a single mistake, phew, huge problem. So I'm like, oh, fortunately, wherever we ordered this place, the the frames from, they did a very good, consistent job with the wiring. But it was this terrible process of like thinking, I'm going to like, can I just put all three nails in a row? Right. Like in a perfect and, world, that would be the yeah, exact case. You right. Just you can draw just a, a level line. Draw a level line. Measure equally apart. Right. Put the nails in, hang it. They're just right. Yeah. But of course, the wires, even if the wire has like 
a minutely little bit of different like tightness. It'll like hang higher or lower based on like how taut the wire is on the back. Right. You know, which could oh, affect everything. But we made, we made it. It took a lot of finagling. It's perfect. We got, it's perfect. And oh. the, the, the great news is that it takes up like a huge section of the wall. So like it is both like I've got like some photos down like by my knees and some that are like above my head. So it's a real big feature. Wow. Yeah. I can't wait to yeah. come over and see it. Yeah. Have you not seen it? I don't think I have. Maybe not. Well, that's where I like it. It's quite nice. Yeah, well, that's exciting. That's <coughs> yeah. very exciting. Popcorn Culture is sponsored by Shopify. Y'all are likely aware of the fact that we have our very own Shopify store, Carlin Brothers Mercantile. And it's hard to imagine not having it now, but arriving at the decision to open our own web store was a big one. In fact, we started our journey on the interweb back in 2012 and didn't finally open up shop until 2018. And a huge part of that is just not knowing where to start, but that's where Shopify steps in. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, which is a fancy way of saying it's a really easy and effective way to start an online business, no matter if you're operating out of your garage or have like a whole building or three or something. Once we were set up, our biggest concern was trying a new product only to discover no one was interested in it. But Shopify is powered with so many reports, more than you can even imagine. And this is so handy because it allows us to use data to better provide what folks are actually interested in. It's so easy to use, but even if you do find yourself caught in a jam, Shopify Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash pop pop. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pop pop now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pop pop. Popcorn culture is supported by Arena Club. Okay, so you guys know that I love trading card games and that me and Ben are big time collectors of Pokemon cards. You know, it's that childhood fantasy of finally being able to use adult money to buy those highly coveted rares of our youth. And like, even in our office, we have not one, but two full display cases with some of our all time favorite rarest cards that we've pulled. But something I did not know existed when I was a kid in my youth was the grading process for trading cards or sports cards or whatever you're collecting. You know, to me, it was just like a rare Charizard is a rare Charizard. Like it doesn't, doesn't matter if it's been hanging out in my pocket with my lucky paper clip. Turns out it does matter and kind of a lot because if you get your cards professionally graded, it can add huge value. And then not only that, but once they're graded, they will like seal them in that pristine condition inside of a plastic case or what's known in the industry as a slab. And that's where Arena Club steps in because it's like buying a booster pack, but it's for a pre-graded card. Now, I know that can take like maybe a second to wrap your head around because you're opening physical cards on a digital platform, which means you open the pack online and see your polls where they can be added to your showroom for the world to see. But you can also request them to be sent to you at any time. So they have got a ton of pre graded cards and then you will get to randomly open one and then they'll keep it for you or they can send it to you or you can just like sell it or trade it online or whatever you want to do. But whether you're buying, selling, trading or or displaying Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have got to check out. 
And right now you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash pop pop, which wow, that is a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's like $40 right there. Anyway, that's arenaclub.com slash pop pop for 10% off your first purchase. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Yeah, okay, Ben, question for you. Okay, lay it on me. Did you watch any sports over the break? I'm trying to think if there's something hilarious that I could like be like, does Shit's Creek count as sports? Yeah, almost Absolutely not. Well, almost though. But yeah. go ahead. <laughs> I, I, either way, I'm with you. Uh, no, I, I did not. I think I've described it on the pot before. I have struggled with sports this year for some reason. Yeah. I, I have found it difficult to be invested. Okay, but, but go right ahead. I need you to weigh in on a situation. Weighing in. Weighing. In. I need to know what is the correct. What was what was correct? What is Ben Carlin's correct path? In this situation. Big question. Uh, Yes, right? Okay, so last night was the final regular season game of the the NFL season. Okay. And it was the Washington football team versus the Philadelphia Eagles Sunday night primetime. That's like like big rivals. Big rivals. Both NFC East. Both NFC East, and they do this. The last uh, game of the season is typically a rival game within your division so that you know, you can keep people interested. All you the way can up keep people end. interested yeah. because there's probably playoff implications, which there were. Exciting. Okay, so not only did the Washington football team play the Philadelphia Eagles, but the Dallas Cowboys played the New York Giants. Those are the other two members of the division. Okay, and so the way the season has played out, the situation was this: that Washington, if they won their game. Went to the playoffs. No matter what. No matter what. Okay. They were in control of their destiny. Plain and simple. Love that. Exactly. That's good. The Giants and the Cowboys, however, uh, their their destiny was basically also in, being controlled by Washington. Okay. If Washington lost, the winner of their game would go to the playoffs instead. Okay. Right. So the Giants win okay. the game there. So, so now they're rooting against... The Washington, Washington football, team. football team so that they can advance. Okay, I'm with you. I will also say that on top of all this, the NFC East, that's the division of football they're in, um, <clears throat> is the worst, has performed worse than any division in the history of the NFL, I believe. Wow. Collectively. Like, this is historically the worst division record, I think, collectively. If, right. I, if I'm reading it, if, I, if the headlines are right, it's possible... Not that they've all individually got like the worst records ever. Right. But like, so basically, the way the NFL works is there are 32 teams and it's broken into eight divisions of four teams 
Yeah. In, inside of each division. Yeah. So it must be the case that the collective win total <clears throat> of the NFC East is the lowest uh, in history. Yes. Is what I would guess. So, right. like, it, it may be the case that, yeah, okay, I, I'm, with you. I'm so, with you. So what this creates is this weird situation where... No, like if uh, if Washington wins and advances, no matter who advances to the playoffs, because every division gets to send a team to the playoff, regardless of how bad your records are. Right. This the, is this is frequently how like a team with <coughs> a really low record could sneak its way in, versus <coughs> like a really strong division. Yeah. Might have a team with like nine wins that doesn't go, and then like Washington could have a losing record but still go. Yeah. So it's pretty rare for a team to have a losing record but go to the playoffs. But the way the NFC East was set up this year, <laughs> no matter who went, even if it was the division leader, uh, every they would have a losing record no matter what. Okay. So that's the situation we have going into um, Sunday night. Okay. The Giants have won. The Eagles can spoil it for Washington. The Eagles can send the Giants to the playoffs. But the Eagles can't send the Eagles <laughs> to the playoffs. The Eagles have no implications. They're at the bottom of the division. Nothing matters to them. Okay. They don't care. So if you're a Giants fan, you really want the Eagles to win. Okay. Because now your six-win Giants somehow got to the playoffs. Got it. So anyway. You're painting the picture so spectacular. Okay, I just want people to be able to keep track of like the moving parts here. No, I think it's good. I think it's good. I think even if <coughs> even if we were talking about like a completely made up sport, I think right. we're doing great a great job of illustrating. Okay, so what happens is this: that in the uh, at the beginning of the fourth quarter, Washington is winning seventeen to fourteen, and Philadelphia inexplicably pulls their starting quarterback. Not injured or anything. Okay. They just bench him. Even uh, and put instead their third string quarterback in for the rest of the game. Okay. Really, if in terms of competitiveness, they may as well have put in like a prepubescent high schooler or something. I mean, this guy did n- nothing. Nothing. I okay. mean, and but to say nothing would would have been better. I mean. Like, he did bad. Actively like, bad. I mean, two interceptions, fumble, sack several times. Very not good. Okay. And, and the <coughs> other thing, too, to keep in mind is that Philadelphia has no... Like, all they can do is determine the future of the Giants. They have no ability to actually do anything themselves. Right. So, like, this is not even, <coughs> like, the future makings of some incredible underdog story where you've got, like, the six-win Eagles put in their third-string quarterback at the end of the fourth quarter just to, like... Maybe the power of the underdog will come through and it'll charge them into the playoffs and somehow, some way, this ragtag team of right. you know, whoever's will will make it to the Super Bowl and yeah, like it's, it's not, gonna be what a decision to put him in the Yeah. yeah. So there's not even this that storyline doesn't even exist. No. It's it's such a bad move. Especially considering this. The Eagles have fourteen points. Both of their touchdowns were scored by their quarterback rushing the ball in himself. Okay. A guy named Jalen Hurts, who's that's the guy who gets benched. Okay. At the begin at the start of the fourth quarter, doesn't come back in, watches third string quarterback go out there and just get wrecked. Okay. I mean, because the thing about Jalen Hurts is he's a very mobile quarterback. He can escape stuff. Okay. Other guy, not mobile. Washington knows this. They rush every time. They're putting they're knocking him down no matter what. Okay. And I mean the Washington defense is actually pretty good despite their really bad record okay anyway not the point the point is it's a three-point game in the fourth quarter and philadelphia basically just decides to throw it they just throw the game entirely 
And so if you're why if you're a New York Giants fan, you're watching, you're like, why are you doing this? What's going on? Even if you're an Eagles fan, you're like, what's going on? This is not like it's not like you're down 20 points. Go ahead and get the guy some snaps. Right. It's yeah, we're, yeah, exactly. we can't win. Right. You know, it's a three point game. It's competitive. Right. It's close. Why? What are you doing? Why are you throwing the game? Like, and the answer, the answer is because Philly can't play for anything for themselves. They don't care what happens to the Giants. They don't care what happens to Washington. But if they lose, they get a six. They get the sixth overall pick in the draft. Whereas if they win, they get the ninth overall pick in the draft. Oh my like, gosh! Right. So we're we're already looking at next year. So exactly, exactly. Okay. So the question is: so this is absolutely what they were doing. Their coach, after the fact, was like, "I was playing to win. He's been on the team for four years, and I thought he deserved some snaps." And it was like, "That's no, you weren't." Like, like Philadelphia absolutely through the game. Because they don't, and the Giants are furious. You know, they're like, "Why would you do that? Like, right. you could, you know, you you must play to win. You must play to w- always play to win. Always be competitive." This is this is, of course, the attitude you'll run into from every sportscaster, every every player ever. Well, they're never going to be able to answer the question. I think we made the right call in throwing the game. Like, you can't you can't say that. It's not it's not an acceptable <laughs> scenario for for anyone to speak out loud. Like everybody may know that exactly what happened, but nobody's ever no, ever right. ever going to acknowledge. No it. one's allowed to say it, but that's what happened. Right. Philadelphia threw the game to get a better draft pick because they don't care what happens to the Giants. The Giants can be mad at them, but so number 1, if you're a Giants fan who's like screaming at Philadelphia, I think it's not Philadelphia's job to get you to the playoffs, win more than 6 games. <laughs> sure, sure. The question for you though is did Philadelphia do the right thing or should they have kept should they have played hard throughout oh like is it like is it it should your approach always be always play to win or did they make the right call and saying we have nothing to lose but by losing we actually gain it's interesting because I feel like I have I have like such two schools of thought with it like there's there's me as like an individual it's like I'm happy to uh lose the battle, win the war. Right. Like if, if I have to lose today in order to make my life better later, then fine. Right. Like I, like I would make that decision a hundred times in a row. Mm-hmm. Like if, if that was the case, like I would, I would always, always, always make it the case that my future self was in better shape than sacrificing future self <clears throat> for the benefit of today self. Right. In the moment self. Mm-hmm. So, in, if it was me as a person and I was just making a decision, then I would say, like, honestly, it's better for us to do this, suffer today, which in, in my mind I would see losing as suffering yeah. in order to in order to get that, that benefit later. Um, as a competitor, right. it's a very different story. Yeah. Um, because I do feel like there is that sort of, like, almost sacred holiness to to the sport yeah to try to right. be competitive like you have to be competitive right like, like this is your whole job it, it would, right? like it would never occur to me to like not be aiming to win right especially if it just was like oh but this will help me later yeah now see some pe- now you could argue that if you're Philadelphia um like look we have nothing to gain Either way, let's go ahead and bench our starter because even if we win, so what? Right. Doesn't help. 
Why put anyone at risk of injury? Okay, so let me counter with this, because that's a very good question. And this is this is a common thing that we see happen too. So let's say, like we've been New England Patriots fans. Our dad grew up uh, in like the area and he was a New England fan. So kind of growing up, it was like we were by proximity, Washington fans uh, and by familial ties, New England fans. Yeah. Uh, being a New England fan means that we have witnessed this very phenomenon happen quite a few times, which was they clinched the ability to go to the playoffs with three games left in the season. Oh, right. So, yes, this was going to be my counter argument. If you flip the script, right. let's say the Eagles are 13 and three, they've clinched the division. Right. Three they, weeks ago. They have a first round they buy. They have a first round buy, whatever, no problem. And the situation is such that um, if if Washington defeats the Eagles, they get to go to the playoffs. Or if they lose, the Giants will pick up the wild card spot or something. Right. So in that situation, you might see the Eagles be like, we're not going to play our starters. Are you crazy? We're going to save them for the playoffs. Exactly. And no one would bat an eye. N- nobody yet. Except right. New York, who would then be really upset if Washington got a free win. It's You're exactly right. Right. Yeah. And this is, we've even run into this problem. We, pl- we play, <clears throat> have like a group of local people we play fantasy football with. And we make it so that the, the season is over before the last couple weeks of the season, specifically because you could have one of the hottest players in the, in the league. And if they find themselves in that position where they're not being played yeah. the last two games of the season to like save them for the playoffs. Yeah. You could get, basically you could lose the finish line because the player who's been killing it for you all season doesn't even go in. Right. And it's like, well, that doesn't really seem like the right way to do it. So, okay. I get you. I think it's Okay that they put in the third string quarterback to lose because I think, I think you would do it also. And I think it's a decision that could be made through a position of strength as well as this position of weakness. Okay. So you think totally okay that they threw the game. I think it's totally okay. All right. Okay. Interesting. Interesting way in. I would love to know what other people think about the situation, whether or not you watch football. No, I, and that's the yeah. thing is it has nothing to do with football. Yeah, it, just, it was just like a really interesting situation because there's like a lot of like politics at play. There are. Like, there are. You know. The, and this is this is the thing about football, too, that I feel like so frequently is the case. Football is a soap opera. Like, do not let anybody mistake you into believing oh, yeah. that what they're watching. I mean, it is sports. Don't get me wrong. But like the... The soap opera that is the unscripted, unbelievably dramatic show of the football season is that's what people buy into. Oh yeah. That's those are the narratives, those are the storylines, that's the reason people get so passionate. Oh yeah. Is yeah, because you've you've got moments where where again Tom Brady is back in, you know, Foxborough for you know, oh, playing against oh, the Patriots oh. in their home. And let me, while we're here, let me tell you about some fun stats about our uh, the Washington football team. Okay. Who are about to walk into the the playoffs with their losing record. Yeah. Yep, Only yep. the third team in the last uh, 10 years okay. <laughs> to make it to the playoffs with a losing record. Pretty impressive. Dude, this could be their year. This could be. Here's the thing. Okay. First of all, let me just say, as unlikely as it is, they are in the playoffs. If the Washington football team wins the Super Bowl, which they won't, um, I 1,000% think they never change the name. They'll never change They'll the name. They'll never change which the name. Which I personally think would be incredible. Me too. Like, I, you know, it's so funny because this is almost like, um, it's almost like trying to end 
uh, like a TV show that's gone on for too long, like like the TV show Lost. Yeah. At some point in time, the mystery got so big that the answer was going to suck no matter what. Right. No, there, there was no satisfying answer. There, there was no satisfying answer left. And I feel like <clears throat> the exact same thing happened with Washington, where it was like they needed to change their name. There's no doubt about it. They needed to change their name. It happened way too late that they finally did. And then what they did was just have no name. Right. They just called them the Washington football team. A team has no name. And it was kind of like, at first it was like, well, <gasps> that's a little bit like, like really? Like you're not going to like pick something, but now it's almost like it's better this way. It's better it's this like, way. Don't ever pick something because whatever you pick will not be good enough. Yes. And, like there's no profound answer out there. There's nothing that anybody hasn't already thought of unless you're going to call them like, I don't know. What's what's something incredibly random. Oh yeah. If you just go way off the walls, the, the Washington coyotes. Oh, the Washington. Actually the, the name I have been um, hoping for is the Washington uh, red wolves. Oh, it's pretty good. Exactly. Not far from oh, coyotes. Exactly. Ayo. Actually, my favorite, my favorite animal in the world to talk to Luke about is wolves. Because I just ask him, "What sound does a wolf make?" And we go, "Oh, no, we <laughs> it's, will not." It's so it's, I love it. It's so fun. But anyway, let me uh, let me bring you back bring to some back. fun Washington football stats as we head into next. As people are listening to this, if you want to tune into the drama of the NFL Saturday. The Washington football team will be playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers <gasps> at Washington, playing against Tom Brady. Uh, so here's here's some fun things to be aware of. Um, <clears throat> the last two teams that made it to the playoffs with a losing record are the 2010 Seattle Seahawks and the 2016 Carolina Panthers. Okay, I remember that one. Both of those teams won the first game of the playoffs. No way. Despite entering with a losing record. Okay, okay. Underdog advantage, I understand. Underdog advantage. Amazing, amazing. Tom Brady, who is the current quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who Washington will be playing against, is a good 1-3 against the NFC East in the playoffs. Okay. Yep. Pretty okay. good. So that that bodes well. Bodes well. That bodes well. The last time Washington won a playoff game at all was in 2005. And no, they were, it was not. And they were playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What? Fantastic. Great news for Washington. The best. Lots of good fun things uh, coming to a head here. And this is uh, another, another fun one. The Carolina Panthers, we just mentioned, the last team to make it to the playoffs with a losing record. Uh, they were coached by Ron Rivera, current head coach of the Washington Reds football team. Sorry. Good save. Almost, almost blundered that one. So that feels exciting. And, and the following season after Carolina, uh, won their single playoff game before getting eliminated, the following season they went 15 and one and made it to the Super Bowl. So. Lots of lots of very fun potential things happening. And if you want, you mentioned earlier, like if oh, was this like a story where Philly put in the quarterback and had some crazy scrappy can't believe they pulled it out. If you want a team that has been pulling it out, it has been the Washington football team this okay, year. Okay. Ron Rivera has gone through eight weeks of chemo during the season, during which he's only missed three days of practice. Holy That's cow. the head coach. That's insane. Alex Smith, who was a first round draft pick. 
first overall pick by the 49ers when he got drafted out of college uh got replaced by colin kaepernick in 40 in san francisco where he got traded to kansas city did amazing there until he was replaced by patrick mahomes who just won the super bowl last year and now he's in washington where he was injured so badly they thought they were gonna have to amputate his leg yeah came back two years later (laughs) as the third string quarterback got put in this year and took the team on a five-game winning streak to make it to the playoffs. To make it to the playoffs. Ma- Cinderella story. Cinderella story. Where's the glass slipper? Oh my gosh, you can that's see what it. They, should, they Not, should call them the Washington glass slippers. The Washington Cinderellas. That's the Washington princesses. Let's go. Um, Washington cinders. The, oh, there you go. Not nice. Bad. Not bad. Also, their tight end, Logan Thomas, forms Virginia Tech Hokie. Um, he was our uh, starting quarterback. He was he was the starting quarterback at Virginia Tech. Got drafted into the NFL as a quarterback. Couldn't cut it. For years, people were like, just make him a tight end. Just make him a tight end. Washington was like, hey, Logan Thomas, come be our tight end. Been fantastic. Has six touchdowns on the season. Wow. Look at this. So many, so many crazy stories have been coming out of Washington all year. So... Good team to watch tomorrow night. If you even if you don't like football, it might be fun to watch. For the yeah, for like the eight people who are for like still, the eight people who are, who are like, like okay, maybe, now you're just gushing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you went so far off the rails. So far, right? Anyway, I had so many, so many fun football stats. I'm so glad you didn't talk to me about any of all of this today because I, I now that I'm hearing it all, I feel like you it must have been like bursting. Oh, it, look, watching the game last night was an interesting experience as a Washington football fan because despite the fact that Philly was throwing the game. It's like Washington managed to win in spite of the fact that Philadelphia was trying to let them, which is a sentence that only Washington fans will understand. Yeah, I get that. Because, like, look, let me tell you, it is pretty unusual that Washington held on to a very surmountable, a very surmountable lead when their opponent was trying to let them win. Right. Like, it's, it's surprising that we won. Like, I was like, Okay, well, there's 16 seconds left, and it's fourth down, and they've got the ball, and they've got 70 yards to go, and they need a touchdown to win, so it just really feels like someone's about to break off an 80-yard run and ruin my night. Yep. <laughs> you know, and like, really, you know, so that, that's, that was, it was like, I'm not turning this off until the clock says zero. Until it's over. Until <laughs> it's over. It's over. <laughs> I've been burned before. I've been burned. I know. I know. Being a Virginia Tech fan and a Washington fan does not, it's not always the best. Not, yeah. So, anyway, there we go. There you go. All right. Well, can we, we might just have to make a hard left turn here. Okay. Out of, out of, uh, out of Washington. Out of, yeah, sports moral dilemmas. And into the woods for a fun fact about coyotes. Oh! Oh! I uh, had brought up this fun fact a couple weeks ago, uh, or I had written it in the notes, and then I think we forgot to touch on a fun fact. Okay. So this fun fact is actually not such a fun fact for the coyotes themselves, because donkeys and llamas hate coyotes. What? How do, they, how do people even know that? How do people even know that? Because yeah. they intentionally, like you may wonder like why someone might have a donkey in the herd when okay. they're like not... Not that they're not useful creatures, yeah. But the one of the key reasons why you may have a donkey is specifically because they are very protective of the herd. Oh, and they will actually chase away coyotes. Interesting. And similarly, there are types of llamas that you would include in your herd. That's interesting. I know. I was like llamas, llamas greater than coyotes. 
Interest. They don't have. It doesn't seem like they have nearly as many teeth. It doesn't seem that way. They're definitely they, not as sharp. If anything, a llama seems like the type of thing you could have at a petting zoo, and a coyote seems like the last thing you should have at a petting zoo. Yeah. You know, it's like which makes me. But I love that it makes llamas kind of like you know these kind of fearsome, lovable creatures. Fearsome, lovable creatures. Yeah. Just like coyotes. Just like coyotes. Apparently. Uh, well, you know, someone I think actually on the Reddit posted. Uh, a group of coyotes that were like allowed to like walk about PetSmart or something. I think it was wolves. Was it wolves? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, either way. I don't know if it was a pack. I think it was like a people who were somehow able to own wolves. Oh, is that a thing? I don't know. Can you own wolves? I don't. You know, that was kind of a question. Like, are these wolves or just like really wolfish looking huskies or something? Right. Good question. Good question. Yeah. I feel like I used to work with a guy in my uh, early pet store days. And of course, I mean, this would probably be the... The group of people that might push the boundaries on what you're supposed to own. Yeah. Because they're they're people that probably like, you know, uh, find their way into interesting situations. Kind of some Joe Exotic situation going on maybe, here. Maybe, yeah. maybe, you know, here in Roanoke, Virginia. You never know. <laughs> you you know what though? That was what I learned from watching the show Tiger King is you never know. You never know. You don't know. Where where were they? In like Oklahoma, right? Maybe. I still haven't watched it. Oh, uh, really? Well, you really missed that chapter of quarantine, man. I did. Today. I did. I sure did. Um, but yeah, he always claimed that he owned a wolf as a as like their dog. Well, <laughs> but like I don't know. Wolf, I don't know what about wolves in particular seems to be to be like particularly aggressive animals or something. I don't know if that's true. In my mind, wolves are particularly dangerous. Well, but I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would it would seem that if you were out in wilderness. And mm-hmm. ran into one that it would be a dangerous situation to be in. Yeah. But I think like anything, you know, it's like if you if they have no reason to bother you, it doesn't seem like there are that many animals that are like mean in their nature. This is actually <gasps> something about like fish. This was actually like a like people and actually I think even you uh, like to have uh, a type of fish called an Oscar, yeah. which is like a South American cichlid mm. that very frequently can be very fun because one, they get rather large yeah. and two, they will eat other fish, which I guess can be interesting. Fun to watch. Yeah. Um, but the thing about them is that they're not, they're not like mean, you know, it's not like they're, they're not like a beating up other fish or anything like that for any reason. They only eat other fish because that's their diet. Right. You know, fish so eat like, other fish, fish eat other fish. Like, so they're not eating fish like out of malice or like, I dislike you. Therefore I eat you. It's yeah. just like, this is just the, this is what I eat. This is my diet. Right. So Hey, look, food. Right. But yeah. every once in a while, there were fish that like would literally just bully the other fish specifically because they were mean. Right. You know, they wanted the territory. They wanted the space. Yeah. And therefore, they would just attack other stuff. And I always thought that, that distinction, especially in nature, rather interesting. Hmm. I mean, I think there are like territory disputes amongst the land animals. Explain. For sure. I mean, I I don't... This is bad because I don't have off the top of my head examples, but I think animals will mark their territory and they don't want like, like oh, the, you sure. know, yeah, like llamas and donkeys, yeah, exactly. Or you know, I mean, like even within the same species, though, like you might have like a like a alpha, like one alpha male gets this much space, right? Turf, like yeah, yeah, yeah. turf or like I think like lions do this, don't they? I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, like who's the who's the pride of the right? Who's the lion king? The lion, right? Hey, you it's, see that? I feel like the sun's touching that. That's that is mine. That's you're mine. gonna need to get out of here, other lion. <laughs> Go back to that elephant graveyard. Go back over there. 
Why, why are all the elephants dying in the same spot? I know, yeah. Why yeah, do they have like funerals there? What's going on? Maybe. Elephant graveyard. Seems like they should make it a little less grim. Yeah, I know, right? Turf disputes. Yeah. We're, we're, we're past it, right? I guess, we yeah. We feel good. Okay. We can, we can move on. We can move on. Okay. What else uh, you got? What else I got is one of the things that we did during <gasps> our week off was we rode the gauntlet. Oh, 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 yes. We went mountain bike riding. We went mountain bike riding, yeah. you and I, uh, and our, our friends, Mike and Steven. And um, we did basically like the, within our area, the biggest, most aggressive downhill track. Yeah. I think you can do. Yeah. So the way I understand most downhill bike riding is that like there are parks where the whole point is ride a chairlift with your bike to the top and... Then you get to ride. You get to do the fun part where you just ride downhill, right? And go, you know, go over whatever jumps or not. That I say that as if I'm like catching air in any way. Oh yeah, uh, no, I've seen you catch air. Yeah, yeah, maybe a few inches. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Certainly not like flying off any jumps or anything. I'll tell you that. Not uh, not yet. Um, but yeah, here in Roanoke we don't have any chairlifts. So if you want to go down, if you want to go down the big stuff, you first then have to bike up the big stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so this was, I, I thought this was interesting, though, because I I have spent uh, a couple of phases of my adult life being rather into mountain biking and, like, pretty aggressive about the sport to where I was going, like, you know, I don't I mean, to say aggressive, like, I was riding, like, three to four times a week. So, sure. like, going as frequently as my schedule and recovery times would pretty much allow for it. Yeah. Uh, and through that, I, had, <clears throat> like, sort of worked my way up to where, to where I had ridden uh, this particular trail a good good handful of times and quite enjoyed it um i would say that you're you're getting very good at the sport very quickly uh but oh, this thank was you. this was your first time riding a, a double black diamond what was did you have any like fear trepidation worry, not really concern no? no i wasn't that concerned about going not really i mean i had heard you guys talk about it a lot and like when we asked dad if he wanted to come with us, he was like, I'll pass. Right. Um, and like, there, like, there's no doubt about it. Like descending is like not my strong suit. Uh, at least not at the moment where I just, I don't know. Maybe I still feel like I have enough, um, experience or maybe just not enough, uh, courage. Maybe I'm just like more quick to hit the brakes. Sure. At the moment rather than just like plummet down even faster especially though like on this particular uh trail which is called gauntlet any any mountain bike trail the first time you go down it it's it would be very ill-advised to just go all out without any experience on that trail because you don't know what's coming absolutely <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah no I, and i think you're you're absolutely correct i mean it's definitely one of those things where you want to like know what you're doing you want to like get to know the the twists and turns drops yeah. and and all that and so if, you, if everything's coming at you brand new it's kind of like okay Okay, work our work our way through this right. little by little, step by step. Make sure, then we know what to expect. The next yeah. time we come down, well, know a little bit more what to expect. Exactly. Exactly. Go tick faster. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a really fun uh, ride. I would do it again. I will say the thing that really um, caught me off was going up. And so the way it works is, if you haven't done it, or maybe at least the way this particular trail works is, you don't bike up Gauntlet itself. Uh, you go up a somewhat easier trail, at least in terms of like psych or biking up it called trough. Yep. Um, and I have to tell you going when the first ascent up trough was the worst I've ever felt on a bike. On a bike. And 
it was it was a really weird experience because overall i would say i'm pretty good at climbing yeah absolutely. overall and i wasn't really anticipating this being a problem but uh it was probably about like I don't know, like 45 degrees out, somewhere 42, somewhere low 40s. I don't know. Oh, uh, temperature. Temperature wise. Yes, yes. Yeah. And so it was like cold out and you're in the woods. So there's like extra shade and I've never really gone too much riding in the cold, but I'd gotten a brand new jacket for Christmas for mountain biking. And I was like, oh, no problem. I'll just wear my jacket. And uh, so I had that on, and I was wearing uh, pants for the first time riding. So it's some like old climbing pants put on. I was like, okay, we'll just you know keep warm. Don't want to be too cold. Right, that'd be bad. Well, that was not the problem at all. Uh, the problem was one that we you know you just basically started from the parking lot and immediately start cranking uphill, and two, all the extra clothing heat up real fast. So fast. So fast. Like I couldn't believe it. Like. Like I, I, I literally felt nauseous. Like I was like, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to go down. Like, I'm not even going to make it. I'm like pushing. What is this? Right. No. Right. Embarrassing. I mean, it was like, uh, I, I did. I was like, feel, that, that's the other part of like, not only are you like feeling bad, but then you're like feeling embarrassed. Like, oh God. And I'm like, uh, just before we left, Beth had brought me with this like Korean barbecue bowl of food. I was like, oh, yeah, that'd be fine. I'll have like an hour to digest before we <laughs> go sure. on the trails. Oh, I could feel it. It was like, Ugh. oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. On, on that note. So I was I had <clears throat> been trying to finish moving out of our current office that same morning. So I'd like gotten up and like went down to the, you know, grab up the last like batch <clears throat> of things. And because I was like doing some heavy lifting and like all the whatever, I was like, I'm going to go get like some biscuits and a cinnamon roll. Yeah. So I had, had like two bit. All I'd eaten that day was two biscuits. Uh, like bacon and cheese biscuits and this massive cinnamon roll. Mm-hmm. And I'm like immediately in the cold going up this hill, overheating, about to puke. Yeah. And I'm like, why? Why, why did, I, did I, I eat that? Like 3,000 calories of just pure yeah. salt or sweet bread. Well, typically when we go on a ride, I don't feel that bad about like eating a bunch of calories as like fuel. Sure. And I try and make sure I give myself like plenty of lead time to like let the food really settle or just be like, you know, uh, not not have just eaten. Sure. But what was really interesting about this particular ride was that that first tri- that first ascent up trough, like it felt like it almost killed me. Like I felt like I was staggered to the top, and I had to like take my jacket off, and then I'm, then I'm riding around in like short sleeves, which is like <laughs> getting real cold real fast because now you're like covered in sweat and the temperature's dropping because it's getting later in the day. Right. So. We, we, you know, bike up to Gauntlet or whatever, and then I put the jacket back on, we go down Gauntlet, and then I didn't know about this ahead of time, but our friend Steven was like, all right, he's ready to go back up trough to go do it again, and I was like, ha, ha, hilarious, what, what are we doing next? And I was like, that's what we're doing next, and I was like, oh, God. Like, <laughs> I was like, it was like, it was like <clears throat> I'm not doing this again for like two months. Yeah. I have to do it again right now. Yeah, I was like, oh, you mean in five minutes? Like, I, like, it was so weird, because in the moment, I was like, I don't even know if I can. Like, you're going to make me do that again? Right. And the weird thing was, though, that the second time up, no problem Total breeze. Total yeah. breeze. Yeah, like, I, I mean, didn't di- didn't have to get off. Didn't, I mean, we stopped because, you know, we're waiting for other people to get up. But um, it was, like, the difference, one, being, like, warmed up. And I think the temperature dropping uh, so that the jacket was appropriate. Sure. <laughs> it was, like astounding to me the difference because you'd think 
oh yeah, the second time you go up a big hill, it's going to be harder than the first time because you're going to be more tired. Right. And this is like, I don't know. I remember, I just remember thinking like back in the days of cross country, like That's in exactly high school. exactly what I thought. Yeah, like our coat, like every race you'd get to, you know, it'd be like 30 minutes before your race was about to start and coach would come over and be like, all right, guys, go go do a quick warm-up run. But what you meant like run a mile to a mile and a half. Right. Like jog around and get in. And like, I was always like, absolutely not. You want me to go run a mile before I run a three-mile race? Right. No. Like, I'm going to be too tired. Like, I swear if, like, I could have communicated to our coach, like, it's, it's mentally creating... The, the mental block running the mile ahead of time makes for me is worse than, if you just, than just letting me go to the start line. Like running cold. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like just let me go cold because I'll feel fresh. Right. Like going running ahead of time makes me feel like I'm wasting energy. And it's like whether or not that was true, that is mentally what was happening. Right. And it was like it was like throwing a wall up and way like I'm already so tired. I'm never going to be able to finish three more miles. Right. Which is silly to think because we easily run more than that at practice. Every single day. Yeah. Yeah. But it was so weird. And it, the thing is, like, as a high schooler, I was probably just right. Like, I don't think we necessarily needed to warm up. Sure. You know, it's not like we're, you know, Olympic athletes or something. Sure. You know, we're not that good. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> but it's true. sure enough. The older I get, God, if it just sounds so old here, the amount of sh- like stretching and warm up required to have like a successful ride is like astounding. How much easier it makes things. It, it's it is unbelievable. Unbelievable. It is. Un- that's the thing. Yeah, we're, maybe we're just getting older. I, I mean, for sure we are. It's just so funny because like you, the old person's like, oh, you know what? I need to make sure I communicate this to all these young whippersnappers here. Oh yeah, they're the ones I need to teach them now. But like. I remember like any like you you spend twenty minutes every day at track or cross country practice like stretching and you you know the whole time all I could ever think was I can't even feel this I know you know like yep. I can touch the ground no problem what what is the point it was like teaching good habits but like to people <laughs> who were just absolutely not seeing the fruits yeah. of that labor right it's like it's like I appreciate the fact that this is important. I can fundamentally understand it. It's not making any bit of difference for me right now. Yeah. Yep. It was, it's, it's just like reverse lessons though, because then the way you really learn that lesson is when you grow up, you're like, Oh, Hey, remember when they used to make a stretch all the time? We definitely didn't need to do that. And so you have like three or four years where you, or that's still true and you can just get away with doing whatever. Yep. But then eventually you just, you, you've completely abandoned all the stretching and it turns out suddenly, unbeknownst to you, you really did need to stretch. Right. <laughs> All of a sudden, injured or In, injured. find yourself heaving and huffing up trough. Yep. <laughs> without a warm up. But this is just like I'm. I'm like I'm not going on any more bike rides without a warm up. It's like, right, oh, right, you want to hit the trail? I'm gonna. We're gonna do this little warm up loop first. I'm gonna do a mile before we even start. Okay. Okay. Or else. <laughs> or else. <laughs> or I'm leaving. I will ride more. I will ride more, and you'll deal with it. Yes, exactly. Yeah, guys, thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Pod. <laughs> As always, we appreciate it just so very much. Uh, and if you'd like to support us over on Patreon, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash popcornculture. Jay and I, every single week, record what we call after the final pop. It's just like an extra 10, 15, 20 minutes of bonus content that we put over there. Yes. 
we uh, it's it's normally just a little. Sometimes we're just answering your questions. Sometimes it's uh, an extended bit of conversation from the main episode. It never really feels like we have a solid formula for it. We don't. Yeah. It's like we we fly by the literal seat of our pants <clears throat> sometimes. We sure do. But you know, I think it works. It just means like what felt good that day. Was it answering a question or was it like having a completely different conversation that we that we didn't touch on in today's show? You'll never know unless you're there. You'll never know unless you're there. So yeah. you can check that out at patreoncom popcornculture uh, or you can find us over on reddit just search popcorn culture or if you have any feedback on today's episode you can shoot that over to popcornculturepod at gmail.com but before we take off for today i want to give a special thanks to these patrons who support us over on patreon we have joey lett zach benson heather may jonah magnus aubrey romano samuel rita blue nika noel cody hack ferris patterson and ben coker thank you all for your support on patreon Otherwise, until next week, pop pop! pop.